0: Can you afford your next mortgage? From next year, you'll have to prove it. Is it time to take profits on your share deals? Thousands now think so. And how much warning must your bank give of cuts to your savings rate? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent. And I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleague from FT Money, Steve Lodge. Hello. And our special studio guest, Mark Baker, Head of Research for Capita Registrars. Hello there. So let's start with the money news. This week, would-be homebuyers found out that it may be harder to get a mortgage next year. Under new rules announced on Monday by the Financial Services Authority, all borrowers will have to prove their income and provide a detailed breakdown of their spending habits to qualify for a mortgage. As part of its wide-ranging review of the mortgage market, the city regulator banned self-certified loans, which have allowed about a million borrowers to take mortgages without proving what they earn. But the regulator stopped short of banning other risky types of mortgage, such as those that offer up to 100% or more of a property's value or a high income multiple, say four times your salary. Um, Steve, in spite of the fact that these mortgages are still going to exist, um, it is going to get harder to get a home loan, isn't it?
1: and um, particularly for the self-employed Matthew as you say who traditionally have gone down the self-certified routes you know where they've literally put down any number and and don't forget of course with so many self-employed people the, the very nature of uh, self-employment is that you're trying to minimize your income for tax purposes so they're now going to have to throw it all open up a lot more and and. and undergo these affordability tests. Big question, of course, how strict and how s- searching these affordability tests will be.
0: Exactly. I think that that, that is the key question. We'll, we'll come on to um, what the self-employed needs to do uh, in a moment. But for um, you know, the vast majority of borrowers who uh, have some form of income or salary, um, it sounds like they're going to have to also open up their sort of domestic lives for inspection
1: well yes i understand um talking to a number of experts this week matthew that you for example are going to have to reveal your 70 a day Gauloise habit um and i may even have to touch on how many bottles of whiskey are sinking my cornflakes in the morning
0: yeah, but of course, we only have these habits because it gets us a better pension annuity, and now it's going to cause us problems with our mortgages.
1: Absolutely. And, um, but I think the serious point is, apart from asking what we spend our money on and our vices and our hobbies and so on, is exactly how they're going to prove it. Um, you know, to, to go back to your cigarettes, I mean, you may, for example, tell them you spend rather less. Um, so are they actually going to, than you, than you actually do on, on, on smoking? So are they actually going to ask for accounts here? Um, I've always found in the past myself with affordability tests, it really is a question of what's in the test itself and and whether they actually ask. You know, it's obvious that why they're asking it, they're asking it because they want to know, do you have this spare disposable income which will allow you to service the mortgage? So the obvious thing for the borrower to say is, uh, well, actually, no, I don't go out for dinner that often. And no, I never stand my round in the pub and so on before you say anything.
0: And yes, so so everyone is going to have a a sort of vested interest in making their free disposable income, which is what the FSA is saying this measure is going to be Mm. uh, as high as possible. But uh, um, to come back to the self-employed, I mean, you make a very good point. Um, The idea if you're self-employed is to keep your taxable uh, income as low as obviously within the rules. Yeah, obviously within the rules. Um, But under this new system, uh, no one will be able to self-certify their earnings. And I think I'm right in saying that at the moment, the minimum requirement for a conventional mortgage is two years worth of accounts for a self-employed person or the self-assessment tax form SA302, which again is going to uh, effectively minimise income. So it's it's going to be hard for the
1: self-employed. Well, it is if you just become self-employed, for example, and many people will have become self-employed. Uh, not through their own volition Uh, in the downturn. Of course, they will have, you know, they will have been uh, hardworking journalists who have been rewarded with a sack from uh, other newspapers, not the Financial Times, and uh, they will suddenly have to go freelance and so on, or people who have become consultants and so on, or people who have just totally changed career. So in those initial in that initial period of self-employment, of course, you're going to find it very difficult to prove a consistent record of earning, um, which, of course, turn it around from the, the lender's point of view. Of course, that's exactly the issue. You know, you've no idea of how consistent and how reliable that income stream is going to be.
0: Exactly. Well, I should say that these, these new rules are out for consultation uh, at the moment, and most brokers think that they're um, going to come in no sooner than the fourth quarter uh, of next year. But I think the message for self-employed people, those about to become self-employed, is if you can sort out a mortgage now, um, then you should do so. Um, Steve, thank you very much indeed uh, for that. And for more on how these new rules uh, will work, including a and a on how you might be affected, uh, see our online stories at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, why banks will soon have to send you a nice letter warning about future cuts to your savings rate. First, though, the stock market. With the FTSE All Share Index up nearly fifty percent from its low point back at the beginning of March to a one year high in September, private shareholders seem to be judging that the market rally has gone far enough. Exclusive data from capital registrars shows that private investors turned negative on shares for the first time in a year in August and September. They sold a net £199 million worth of equities in that period, uh, calling a halt to nine months of equity buying in July. Um, So, Mark, um, as head of research for... Do you think that these findings, this selling that we've seen, marks a significant turning point?
2: I think we definitely uh, have seen a massive pause from private shareholders in what they're doing. Um, Ahead of the the major market correction, private shareholders really began to pull money out of shares in quite a big way. Uh, We saw several billion pounds flow out of the market up to the peak in about May 2007. Um And they sort of sat on the sidelines for a little while, and then about a year ago started to buy back in quite heavily. The market still had further to fall i I, I should say, but um they benefited from averaging in as the as the stock market fell um and we had eight months where they, put, they consistently put money about two to three billion pounds back into shares. What we've seen over the last couple of months is i think having with share prices having risen um quite significantly that they've they've said, okay enough's enough." it's time for me to start taking some profit again. Whether they're right, whether the rally is over, it's not for me to say. I'm not the sage of Omaha, but um, it certainly is quite a significant change.
0: And it seems as if um, these uh, private shareholders holding uh, equities directly, uh, hence you have access to to what they're doing as uh, uh, capital registrars, uh, are quite prescient. They were selling ahead of uh, the, the previous correction, buying in as you say, averaging in as the market was preparing to recover. They've held on as the market has risen nearly 50%, uh, this suggests that um, they should be paid attention to.
2: Well, there is uh, there, there's certainly a, a stereotype with the private investors always buying at the top and selling at the bottom, but I have to say our research over the last three or four years has shown that really isn't the case, and private investors are a lot savvier than people perhaps give them credit for. One thing that's really worth saying about private investors is unlike professional investors, they're not hidebound by the need to track an index. So they can can actually go for absolute returns. If they've made 50% they can say well thank you very much I'll take that and I'll go and have a holiday, buy a car, pay down some debt, whatever it might be. Uh, a poor fund manager may be saying well I've made 50% but the index is up 53% so my bonus isn't going to be looking so good this year.
0: I suppose the other thing that they can do perhaps more freely than a fund manager who is um, tied to a particular mandate is that they can uh, move between different sectors uh, quite freely Um, what does your data show about uh, investor behavior in terms of the sectors they're selling out of at the moment
2: well uh, you know we've as i said we've seen a small amount of money coming out of equities but there are other interesting things going on that show that private investors may be preparing for stock market to uh, correct again and that is by switching back into more defensive shares so Uh, Over the last four months, uh, they've sold around £650 million of cyclical shares, which uh, might be expected to do worse if share prices, if the the stock market's going to fall. So banks, oil companies, that sort of thing. uh, And started to buy more defensive shares. So those whose incomes are relatively protected, whatever the economic climate or whatever the stock market climate. And again, there we're talking about utilities, supermarket companies, food producers, that sort of thing. So they've, uh, having sold around 650 million of cyclicals, they bought around 400 million of defensive shares. And this is in the, in the period August and September? This is actually in the last four months, but most of that right. was in the last two months. And Steve, uh, has,
0: has this sort of um, shifting out of cyclicals and into defensives uh, been going on in the Lodge portfolio as well?
1: The Lodge portfolio? Yes. Well, I mean, um, banks, classic. Uh, Barclays, up. from its low at the beginning of this year. I sold some Barclays. I did sell some Barclays. Yes, I sold some Barclays. Um, As a lot of people have, I think they've said they've had this fabulous, totally unprecedented return. So and I think a lot of brokers are reporting that as well. I mean, on the other side, of course, you know, Britain's most widely held share, Lloyd's, now owning Halifax and so on. People haven't seen the same level of recovery. And now, of course, they fear that this prospective rights issue will actually results in a further share price fall. Um, But I think a lot of people are talking about the virtues of things like pharmaceutical companies like uh, Glaxo and AstraZeneca, Vodafone to this world, some of the ones that really didn't do that well in the recovery, um, but actually offer good supposedly safe yields and a good global spread as well and big Big fat companies that aren't going to disappear tomorrow.
2: I think the yield is a really important point, actually. And Vodafone is one of the largest dividend payers in in the country, one of the top five, I think. Um, And, uh, you know, the banks used to be up there as the biggest dividend payers in in Britain, Hmm. but clearly now they are not there. The oil companies currently hold that top spot, but, you know, Shell, BP, and so on. Absolutely. And BP will be the biggest dividend payer this year, but one must question whether that's sustainable in the long term. Uh, they're clearly still paying big dividends based on oil prices of $140, uh, and oil's down near 80 you know, they, they may not be able to keep that kind of level, and indeed they have started to trim it back a little bit.
0: So with all of these movements out of cyclicals into certain uh, defences going on, presumably trading volumes uh, must still be quite high. There's quite a lot of activity there.
2: Yeah, trading volumes have actually been trending up over the last uh, year. They reached a low um, of around 0.6 billion, so £600 million total trading only at the end uh, of last year, beginning of this year. And they've now reached £1.3 in the last uh, two months. So there's a much more activity, much more turning over of portfolios going on. And that's typically the sort of thing we see at the turning points uh, in the market where people are starting to worry about what might be happening we get a little bit more activity while they're A, selling out and B, starting to refocus. So the signs
0: are there and uh, all private investors might want to think about uh, uh, their positioning and their portfolio and uh, possibly think about uh, defensives. Uh, Mark, thank you uh, very much indeed for that. And if you'd like more details of the stocks that private investors are selling and what they're now buying into, have a look out for our analysis of the capital registrar's figures in FT money this weekend and online at ft.com com forward slash money and finally today savings accounts from November millions of instant access savers will be entitled to two months' written notice of cuts to the interest on their accounts under new EU regulations. Banks and building societies will also have to inform individual account holders where returns are set to fall because a bonus interest rate is finishing. So these new notification rules could put a stop to the practice of shaving rates without informing savers. Um, Steve, this sounds like it's got to be good news.
1: Is it that simple? A lot of it's good news, Matthew. It's quite technical and it's all about those big fat booklets that have been dropping on your doormat or were dropping on your doormat until the... The postman went on strike. Um, do you remember the thing? It always says important information. Yes, so I always file that in the bin. Well, anyway. indeed, it's important information. And believe it or not, it is hidden in there somewhere that there is this thing from Europe. Hurrah! Uh The European Union Payment Services Directive comes in from the 1st of November and it specifically affects most instant access accounts, not all. It's always more complicated than that plus current accounts and you're going to get this two months notice two months advance notice before they can actually cut your rates great news currently there's no requirement for advance notice at all um in addition a lot of the top paying savings accounts of recent times have been these ones where they've had an introductory bonus. So, And it's a classic trick that, you know, they give you 3%, but half of that's a bonus and so on. So, of course, you forget that the bonus has fallen off when it falls off after six months. From now on, they're going to have to also give you advance notice of that. Then, from next May... There's another set of notification rules that will affect all the other accounts, the notice accounts and the other instant access savings accounts that haven't been covered by this European thing. And that will essentially also give advance notice. So the real change here is advance notice. And as the FSA rightly says, this will tell people more, give them advance warning so that they can do something about it if they want to.
0: Well, I think this, this will be of great interest to uh, those FT Money readers who phone me up and say how annoyed they are that their rate has been cut and they didn't find out because they don't go into their branch uh, every week and they don't necessarily transact over the internet, which are the two places where you only ever get notification. So yeah. they're going to get a letter now, which is going to help.
1: Exactly, yes. I mean, it is, it's often in the branch and there are all sorts of rules far too boring and technical to, to go into in detail, but things like that, posters and taking adverts in the Bognor Regis advertiser and all the rest of it of, of rate changes. And as you say, in, for anyone who's web savvy, most of the rate changes can be identified on the website, but certainly not in advance or very rarely in advance. I mean, these are all requirements, so there are differences across the industry, um, but they won't be highlighted either, so you won't necessarily know and they might not actually say this is a rate cut, they might just say this is our new rates. So the key point is you'll be given advance notice that your rate is coming down. But will you get notice if your rate comes down by
0: the same amount that the Bank of England may cut the base rate? Unlikely to happen <laughs> right, right now, given the base rate is so low. But say in future, the Bank of England cuts rates, uh, the base rate by half a percent. So your yeah. bank cuts its savings rates by half a percent. Do they have to write to
1: you then? Yes, it's all cuts. It's all cuts, but but it's a, it's a good point because, of course, this has been a big issue and, and was a big issue sort of about a year ago when the base rate collapsed, of course. And, and under the existing rules, your rate could have fallen about five percentage points without you being entitled to any notification at all from your bank or building society. Now, the issue will be when they fail to... We're, we're now, as you rightly say, at the bottom of an interest rate cycle, so rates are going to rise again. Who knows when, but they're going to rise. When they rise, base rate goes up. There is no requirement under the new rules, bizarrely, to tell you if, you haven't been, if you've not been shortchanged by that base rate increase. So base rate goes up a half, your account goes up 0.25, they don't have to tell you, they've shortchanged you. They don't have to tell you if they haven't moved your rate at all. Whereas under the current rules, the current rules are all based on how you've done in relation to base, and therefore you potentially would get some notification. So you'll
0: find out about uh, changes on the way down, but when the base rate starts to rise again. It sounds like it's having to go back into your branch, having to go onto the website, having to find out for yourself.
1: Well indeed, I mean it really does sound like sort of shutting the sort of stable door after the horse has bolted. I mean two big issues of the last year, you know, that collapse in interest rates a year ago. You weren't necessarily told what was happening to your specific account, although you'd have had to have been on Mars not to know that base rates and interest rates weren't falling generally. And then in recent months you've seen this whole series of little, little, as you pointed out, shaving of rates, um, some of which may have been part told, uh, in, in some cases, savers may have been told about, but in many cases they won't have been, because no doubt, although it's very difficult to get banks and building societies to admit this, no doubt they were specifically designed such that they didn't, you know, they didn't reach even the current rules. Surely not. Uh, well, thanks for that, uh, Steve. I'm going
0: to go and dig out that uh, booklet that I may have thrown away by accident. Um, But if you'd like to read more about these new notification rules for savings accounts uh, and see a roll of shame for the worst interest rate shavers, look out for Steve's article in FT Money with The Weekend FT. But that's all for this week's FT Money show. Remember you can get weekday news updates on our website ft.com forward slash money and you can read and comment on our latest blog posts at ft.com forward slash money matters. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Steve and Mark Baker of Capita Registrars. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners are odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured, or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.